0: This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, thrilled today to be visiting with Dr. Pat Basu. Dr. Basu is the CEO of Cancer Treatment Centers of America and, and really a brilliant leader and a brilliant person. We're going to talk to him today about what he's most focused on and excited about and what he's seeing in innovation, uh, either in cancer treatment or, or diagnosis or where he's seeing innovation. Uh, Dr. Vesu, can you take a moment? Just tell us a bit about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and a bit about yourself. Then we'll talk to you about what you're most focused on and excited about this year. Sure, Scott. A pleasure to uh,
1: to be on. Thanks for having me. And uh, I uh, want to wish you a uh, as we are in the the Fourth of July uh, festivities. I I just can't uh, be be more grateful uh, for uh, for the world for for the nation. I, I think it's been a uh, obviously, a tumultuous year uh, with the pandemic, and I think uh, you know the Fourth of July in, in so many ways has represented uh, clearly uh, you know the birth of our great nation. But this year in particular, I think a, 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 a national reopening in many ways, and uh, and and hopefully a continued fast rounding of the corner um, as we get out of uh, as we get out of the pandemic. So. Uh, just in terms of, of background, uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is uh, the only national uh, national provider of advanced oncology care. Uh, we are the home of uh, the mother standard of care. Uh, the notion of uh, patient centered, meaning you know the patient is at the very core and heart of everything that we do. Comprehensive, meaning you know treating you know the, the body, treating the social determinants of health uh treating uh the emotional determinants of health all of which are are key in, in cancer care uh in addition to obviously the cutting edge uh, complex therapy um, that we deliver and uh and I've been here uh as CEO for a little over a, a couple of years and uh it's uh it's been a, a tremendously rewarding experience obviously leading through covid uh is is uh is you know is a is a study in in leadership for sure but uh you know here we are as, as I mentioned before coming out of the pandemic and and to answer your question uh seeing tons of of tremendous innovations um in many ways the 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 horrors and the the sadness of the pandemic like other uh challenges that humanity faces sometimes leads to greater innovation so you know in a in a few categories some things I see accelerating uh virtual care uh, and and uh, remote patient monitoring, I think, has uh, was already accelerating both inside of, of oncology and outside. And and uh, I think the the pandemic has sort of added additional imperative to accelerate those efforts. Um, so that's a big category. Uh, precision let, let, medicine. Let me ask you a question yeah, there sure. about
0: virtual care, because yeah, obviously, when 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 patients have cancer, it's a very scary part of their life, and How much has virtual care allowed patients to communicate better or more often with their oncologist or their team to help sort of, you know, aside from the actual treatment, there's so much emotion that comes with the cancer diagnosis and the cancer treatment plan. How much has virtual care helped to make communication better or easier with oncologists and care teams? got t- tremendously, and, and you hit the nail on the head. So unlike maybe
1: primary care, or urgent care, or behavioral health care, where a telehealth visit can, in, in many cases, replace an in-person visit, clearly in you know, in oncology, if you have you know an advanced cancer or you know, complex cancer requiring surgery or radiation or interventional radiology, immunotherapy, uh, infusion, those are going to be things that are um, you know delivered uh, in the presence of you know one of our our excellent uh, you know doctors and, and care team. But where where virtual care is critical in uh, cancer therapy is. Cancer is as much of a disease of the body as it is of the mind, and one of the reasons we have such great outcomes is we really manage patients' symptoms uh, and care management very carefully, so a lot of phone calls, a lot of proactive outreach. Where virtual care helps us, uh, Scott, is obviously it's not going to replace that complex care visit to remove the tumor or to treat it with radiation therapy. But the in-between stuff is huge. Patients having a question, patients having a symptom, uh, you know, w- w- even when we do remote patient monitoring where, where we might detect something in advance of the patient um, and, and we can proactively outreach uh, is, is tremendous. It's also tremendous on the emotional side, as you said before. Um, hey, doctor, you know, I'm having a little bit of extra pain here or uh, I used to get nausea. I'm not getting nausea anymore. Is the is the medication working? You know, we get hundreds of questions like that um, that add either peace of mind uh, to the patient and their family, which is tremendous, or uh, allows us to detect something that uh, that might require some some additional intervention quickly.
0: Fantastic. And and, and Dr. Resi, talk about for a moment. I mean, aside from the company country opening, which is of course like exciting for all of us. What are you most focused on and excited about this year? We 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 I mean, you you're leading this magnificent company. It's really the leader across the nation and you know, it, together with a couple of magnificent cancer hospitals, you know, Dana-Farber, MD Anderson, et cetera, et cetera. But but you really lead the nation in this area of care. What are you most focused on and excited about this year? yes several
1: things um, in in, a, in no particular order but but one is we have a nation leading precision medicine program and 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 one of the things that i say is you know when i first trained as a physician there were and it's, it's a little bit of hyperbole but there were you know 15 different types of cancers because we learned about breast cancer and colon cancer and lung cancer but I sometimes say that there's actually thousands, or maybe fifteen thousand, different cancer because precision medicine allows us to really get down to the specific tumor, the specific you know mutation sometimes that is causing that uh, you know that cancer. And so, we we've already been a, a leader in, in in that area, but it's really the the frontier of of cancer care, and we get. Patients transferred to us from wonderful uh, institutions, absolutely top-notch places, and sometimes it's just a matter of our, our precision care program that allows us to unlock uh, just you know a little tweak here that that can help. So that, so that area for one, Scott, is, is 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 a big
0: one. Another one you but mentioned, you, but your other, point yeah. though, but it's not it's not really hyper- hyperbole because even though there's categorizations of it, every single human cells interact a little bit differently with cancer, unlike some other diseases. So to say that there's really 15,000 forms of cancer, if, if anything, it's really an understatement, isn't it? I mean, in, in it, all truthfulness, it, 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 it is. It is. And now, and now, let me add one more dimension to that. You're exactly right. I mean,
1: every person is different. Now think about the way in which your body uh, metabolizes or, or uh, you know, um, reacts to various medications, right? So now you have the variable of um you know person whatever john smith versus jane smith and and the way in which their tumor biology functions now it's also in the way in which their liver might metabolize the drug that you give them or uh, the number of receptors on a cell so studying all of those things is really really powerful scott and and you're right it, it's it's it can lead to sort of millions of permutations um in in trying to find the optimal care for you know for a patient um which which leads me to where i was going is you mentioned other other um you know outstanding facilities and we do a lot of collaborations with them we want to bring we want to democratize uh, access to wonderful cancer care. And we know that not everybody can come, you know to every one of our centers, either for geographic reasons or for others. but how do we with with ninety percent of cancer you know being treated in the community, how do we partner with other institutions? Not only some of those great other uh, you know complex cancer institutions, but with primary care doctors, with local providers, uh, you know, with employers that allows us to um, deliver the things that we do just closer to home um, in, a, in a easier environment, in a more accessible environment. We're doing a lot there, Scott, and, and that really excites me. The ability to touch more patients through both virtual care and through partnerships is, uh, is tremendous for us.
0: And let me ask you one more question, Pat, is people talk about hospital at home. Um, and, and, and again, to, to many of us, it's a different version of home health care, But in in cancer care, oncology care, how big a place does "quote unquote" hospital home have, and how do you see that evolving?
1: Uh, I see tremendous evolution uh, in the uh, in the certainly in the decade ahead. I think many of the larger trends, Scott, that you and I uh, you know sometimes discuss in healthcare from uh, at home care to you know to quote unquote value based care to employing the social determinants of health oncology is the tip of the spear. It is a highly fragmented, highly expensive uh, you know area of medicine that embodies both the best and some of the greatest problems of American care. And so when you think about hospital at home, there are instances where you know we're doing this right now where where a patient comes to us for what's called the mothership for their complex care. But then they go to their local provider where that local provider is overseen by our pathways or our protocols, or at least, you know, we're an escalation pathway away if they have any questions. And we also, in conjunction with some external partners, are doing some more um, infusion at home uh, for some of their chemotherapies where they might come in for the first few then get an infusion at home and then they come back so it can limit the amount of time that the patient needs to to sort of leave their house for that. So uh, you're going to see between remote patient monitoring and infusion at home and telehealth uh, and some of these partnerships just in the next three to five years, our ability to deliver care closer to the patient's home uh, and, and really democratize that access is, is huge. Cause Scott, the last thing I'd say is disparities in healthcare, as you know, are a monster, monster topic. It was already a huge issue. It got worse during the pandemic, but, but, uh, black Americans, brown Americans, uh, Americans living in rural areas, uh, were already less likely to be screened for cancer, less likely to, to be, um, have a successful treatment of cancer. And so much of that is due to access. So I think the things that we're talking about is not only going to help patients at large, but allow us to really put a dent into uh, into disparities in healthcare.
0: Dr. Bessou, I want to thank you for joining us again. Always a pleasure to visit with you. Always informative. Amazing what you're doing at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Thank you so much for taking the time with us this morning.
1: Scott, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, great to speak with you. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the holiday, and we'll talk soon.